Welcome to Resilient Entrepreneurs, the podcast where we talk with entrepreneurs and business people from all walks of life and from around the world in the hope that something you hear will leave your business a little richer. The purpose of this podcast is to encourage business leaders and founders to go for your dreams despite the setbacks and to get out there and inspire others. Today, we welcome Eugenia Ogonova, an international business soul strategist with 20 years of experience. She's featured in over 100 networks and publications and is a self-made millionaire. Her specialty is in helping women in the coaching and healing industry to sustainably scale to multi-six and seven-figure businesses. We're listening. We'll hear more about her process that helps them add anywhere between $10,000 to $50,000 per month without forcing yourself to work harder or head towards burnout. Eugenia says it's done by aligning your business with your unique soul design strategy. Let's hear more about that. Eugenia, welcome. Welcome to Resilient Entrepreneurs. Thank you so much for having me here. This is going to be so much fun, <laughs> isn't it? Oh, yes, it will, because we love doing this and we are so grateful for you joining us today. So there's so many things I'm so excited to talk about. Your bio is super interesting and we know people are going to want to know what all the terms mean and how we get to those amazing figures. Before we go there, let's just take it back in time a little bit. And I'd love to know a little bit about your childhood, what that experience was like, and how much entrepreneurship was, but were you back then? Were you an entrepreneurial type kid? Tell us a little bit about your, your background. Yeah, I have never worked for anyone else. I cannot imagine doing that. I am neurodivergent, so I'm very different to begin with. And because of that, I've always had to figure out my own way, figure out how to translate what I'm seeing, feeling, and experiencing into words that human beings around me could understand. So I've always had something that I have done myself and entrepreneurship. I didn't know that word back then, but <laughs> that's just kind of naturally where I ended up being. I literally remember being like two years old and giving people advice. Uh, by the time I was 14, I already was seeing paying clients and essentially had a business, actually two businesses. And it just went on from there. So being able to source whatever my knowledge, my wisdom is from the inside instead of the education I got. That's actually the foundation of what I ended up now, like later on, many years later, working with my clients and teaching them. Because of course, like we all get educated over a lifetime, right? I've studied many things. I have many degrees and all of that, but nobody really cares. <laughs> what they care about is who are you? <laughs> so I never talk necessarily about any of those things. I talk much more about like what is it that internally already known? That's what I call soul expertise. So if we're looking at when I was little, well, I was growing up in the Soviet Union, which is very gray country. Everybody wore the same clothes. Uh, entrepreneurship was illegal. Well, hell, rock and roll was illegal. Everything was illegal. Having a personality was illegal. And it was just a lot of fear, a lot of, a lot of everything that's not me. And somehow within that, I managed to sort of under the radar do my work and people hid me, <laughs> protected me from um, somebody finding out that shouldn't and so on. And that was right at the time when Soviet Union fell apart. So it was part of that big revolutionary kind of a breakup. And then I immigrated to United States and resumed my business um, here. Oh, there's so much in that story, Eugenia. I'm fascinated to know those first clients. How were you helping them? What service were you providing? 
it was more about life purpose, understanding who are you in this lifetime. And the, the term life purpose gets thrown around a lot, kind of like new agey term. But the way I look at it is more like as in literally, what are you meant to do? What is your thing? And the way I explain it is like everybody comes into a lifetime with two suitcases. One suitcase is all your gifts, like all this magical stuff you have about you. You might know it, you might not know it, some maybe kind of hidden, but it's in there. Everybody has some gifts. And another side is some people call it karma, like whatever the issues, the lessons, the stuff to work through, pretty crappy things sometimes. And we have to balance the two. We have to work through the difficult things in order to empower ourselves to fully step into our gifts through which then we serve. And that's kind of been my understanding of this life from the beginning. So by the time I was 13, I was talking to people about it. By the time 14, people started paying me for it. And then it just kept going. And when I immigrated into this country, into the United States, I ended up just continuing this. And actually, people would just come to me because, oh, she knows stuff. Like she can help me figure out my career direction or something else or marriage or something like that. And over time, it kind of honed into entrepreneurship because, well, I was entrepreneur my entire life, so I'm very good at it. I've always made money. And another part is that combining some sort of an internal understanding of yourself, like your inner wisdom, your soul expertise with making money seemed to be naturally what most people ended up coming to me for. And uh, my advice would be something in connection with consciousness, at least that's what I would call it, like internal understanding or energetics, let's say in a board meeting or energetics related to a product or which words you use, like what flavor. And then people would say, oh, thank you so much for helping me with my messaging. Or, oh, that advice that you gave me on my positioning helped so much to be able to sign that client. I'm like, oh, that's what I'm doing, messaging, positioning. Like I didn't even know those words. So I had to go to business school and study all of that. So now I can translate that and make sense of it. But that's what I naturally was doing. I'm so blown away already. Like, <laughs> that's remarkable. I, I'm still trying to figure out how you were able to so seamlessly transition into just being able to turn that into a business. Like you were a coach. Do you consider yourself a coach now? Is that your, your, yeah, your coach role? mentor? Some people call me a healer, although I'm probably much more of a coach and a mentor. But yeah, mentor is somebody who lived it and then can teach through experience. Everything I teach, I've lived. And I've lived like 10 lifetimes in one. So <laughs> I have a lot of experience. And um, coaching, yeah, is helping somebody uncover themselves. I always joke that I help my clients be more themselves. I just help them connect the dots of what is the gift what is the issue that needs to be cleaned up to activate the gift? How is that connected to their profit potential? That's all soul design. So what is your design in this lifetime that where is the profit potential? Because we all have so many gifts, but not all of them are profitable. You, you can have amazing gift that is more for you or maybe for a close family, but not something you can actually generate millions on. And there's some gifts that people completely dismiss thinking that's not even a thing. And that is the thing <laughs> that actually can generate a lot of income for you. So that's been my expertise. And that's what I base everything that I do with my clients is helping you uncover your soul design unique expertise. Because if you know that, it has nothing to do with the skills you've learned. It's something that you 100% automatically confident in, 
So all this stuff about imposter syndrome and can I do it and do I need like 20 other certifications or how do I talk about it? All of that goes right out of the window because, hey, I can just like wake me up in the middle of the night and I'll talk about it because that's me. And that means we hit the right spot because if you can just be it and talk about it and naturally that's your way, then the rest is just how do we package that so you can sell it for 10,000, let's say a pop (laughs) and uh, change clients' lives. So I heard in there a bit of a formula. <laughs> uh, just honor me and can we go back over that and unpack it a bit? You said if you have this and this and this, then you can get this. Do you remember where you were with, with that? Can yeah. just Let's roll through that again a little slower for our listening audience and just unpack it a little bit for us. I think there's some magic in that, Eugenia. If you understand what is your innate expertise, then you know who is this for. This is the sole niche. So this is not like randomly saying, hey, I want these people to be my clients. Let me make up some some avatar or whatever. Like it's actually looking for the frequency of your gift and who needs that frequency. Now we know what's your innate expertise or the gift and then who is this for. Once you know that, you understand your soul design and within that, what is the profit potential? In other words, how to package that amazing gift expertise with the knowledge of who the people who need that in a way that you connect the dots for them as to why you are the next best best step for them. Yeah, thanks. And so some strategists use the icky guy principle, which I'm hearing a little bit of some similarities. It's what you do well, what you love to do, and what people are willing to pay for. There's a sweet spot in the middle. But yours is very much about alignment of vibration and soul, which is so unique. Yeah. And it's not necessarily about what you like to do. Soul expertise is not what you like to do. Soul expertise is who you are. Like, for example, um, your sole expertise might be that people tell you secrets. And most people say like, well, how do I make money doing that? Oh, I can come up with millions of ways how you make money doing that. But that's the expertise. You don't do anything. You just be. And people tell you stuff and then they say, oh, my God, I can't believe I just told you that. Like, wow, I never told anybody that. That means that's the frequency. So somebody there who's bottled up with whatever problem they have is looking for somebody to open up the problem with, and you are the right frequency for that. Another soul expertise could be that uh, people around you feel better. Again, you do nothing. I mean, they, they could just like hang out in your house and maybe your friends tell you like, oh my God, I just need to come over. Can I just come over because I'm having a bad day and like with you, it's just always better. And she could be helping you, I don't know, wash dishes. Like it doesn't matter what. So that means that your specific frequency has something to do with creating a zone of comfort or safety. So again, depending on whatever else you're doing in your life, what your skills are, what your direction is, and what you are interested in doing, now we can package that expertise as a frequency around whatever it is that you are doing and so on. Like my expertise is that I see specific root of the problem. Somebody can come out and tell me like for 10 minutes, the super complex thing. And I'm like that. <laughs> and they're like, how, how did you possibly like what? I didn't even think about it, but I know exactly the root of the complexity into what is the actual point where the complexity begun. So we can unravel that and clean it up into simplicity. So that's a solo expertise I've always had. Didn't have to learn that. And then I just use now, you know, whatever structures of my business to apply that as the way to bring in clients. 
And this is why you work mostly with coaches and healers, because that type of work aligns with this, or you'd also work with other business types. I'm only work with online coaches. They could be personal transformation coach. They could be healer coach. They could be mentor. They could be expert in something like weight loss with some sort of an alignment. It doesn't really matter to me what they are, as long as whatever it is that they do is from their heart. It's something that they actually want to do. It's not like, uh, I went to school, I studied this technique, and now I'm selling this technique like that I don't do. But it's more like, I've been always helping people doing this and I've been, I don't know, maybe having $100 sessions or maybe I have this $1,000 program and I'm trying to figure out like how to go beyond that into actually having a business that's sustainable. But I keep burning out as soon as I add more clients. There's something wrong with this. And that's where I come in and realign that to up level who they are. So this is elevation of one's frequency to expand one's wealth container. Wealth container is like, you can think of it like your capacity psychologically and energetically to hold money, to hold wealth. And we all have a line there, like self-imposed ceiling based on the way you were brought up, the ideas you have about life. And it's completely subconscious for most people or completely even unconscious. Like you might not even know that you have it. Somebody can say like, oh, I want to make millions. And their wealth container is like a little Chinese teacup. Well, yeah, not going to happen. Even if you have the most amazing business strategy, you, you can't pour it in. So somebody like that would end up creating amazing launch, but it fails somehow. Something doesn't work. Technology breaks or whatever. Or maybe they bring in everything and then suddenly some expense comes in that takes everything away. And they're like, well, what the hell? I always able to generate this $100,000 launch and then the bill is 90, you know, thousand. <laughs> it's like, okay, I don't have anything again. That's wealth container issue. So that's another component of figuring out where is the value? Because most of the time, the reason the capacity to receive wealth is too small, well, the psychological programming and all that, but partially because the person is not valuing the gift. They valuing whatever it is they learned, the skill. I've studied this technique. I'm certified this, 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 and that. And why can't I sell it for, you know, 10,000? And then we shift that into, okay, you're going to sell your ability to have people tell you secrets. And we're going to package whatever the technique you were selling within that. And now suddenly they're able to sell that at 10000 no problem. Because their wealth container is always matching whatever it is that the gift is. Because universe is a very efficient place. So if you come here with a gift, there's got to be somebody who needs the gift. And everything is frequency. We all exist in the field of frequency. How does one increase their mindset around that wealth container? It's not mindset, it's energetics. Uh, mindset is like thinking about it. And mm -hmm. yes, there are plenty of techniques to think about it differently. But we all know that positive thinking doesn't always change the actual thing, right? So I would say always start from what does it feel in your body, not whatever you're thinking about it. Because you can be thinking, I want to sell this program for $20,000 and nobody buys. So if you tune into your body, do you feel it's worthy of $20,000? Do you feel you can receive $20,000? Imagine yourself receiving. And suddenly they realize, oh God, no. All this fear comes up. All this psychological shit that we all have starts swimming about in the background and yelling at us. And, you know, I'm not good enough. Who am I to blah, blah, blah. Well, there. <laughs> That's why. So to be able to expand that. It's not just thinking about it. It's being, recognizing what's off. The way I teach that is, first of all, tune into what you want and then imagine her, not you, 
but her, somebody else, you in the future, who already has it. So play pretend her, like what does she look, what perfume she wears, how does she you know, hold her body, what program does she have, how does she speak about it, whatever. Great. Got that little imprint. Now, what does she feel like in your body if you kind of like overlay her, as if you wear her as an outfit? And then what is the discrepancy between her and the current you? And this is where we usually know what is blocking the capacity to receive wealth. Because whatever the first two things will come up, it would be maybe the mother's voice saying like, who do you think you are or something? And it could be, um, let's say, uh, I don't feel confident in creating results, let's say, in my program. Okay, well, those two things would be first two things now to go and actually do something about. That's where the mindset comes in, because now you're actually actively engaging. Then do the exercise again. Did that change the energetics? Usually it would. And now you're feeling like, oh, okay. And we usually kind of play with the number, like oh, maybe 20 was too much. Well, can you sell it for five? Oh, sure. How about eight? Oh, okay. How about 10? Oh, okay. Kind of still maybe stretch. Okay. Well, then 10 is where you should be starting. And then see if it could be 12. Instead of, I, I think there's kind of a bad flavor about the high ticket market um, for coaches nowadays is that you're supposed to just pick the highest price or you pick the lowest price. And to me, it's it has to be an in integrity. It's not just like, oh, this is a $500 program, but I'm going to add a zero to it. Now it's $5,000 program. Like that's totally horrible. You should never do that. Instead, it's more like, okay, how can this be $5,000 program? It's not about what more do I add in it. It's more of internally, where is the discrepancy? It, like what in you feels off <laughs> for why it's not a $5,000 program, not some standard out there factual that doesn't exist anyway. It's somebody else's opinion, but internally, and sometimes it could be the littlest thing. I don't know. I don't like the colors on my sales page. It just doesn't feel like me. It's like, okay, well, that's a simple fix. Let's change the colors. Now tune in again. Oh, now it feels like a $5,000 program. It's simple, right? The program was 5,000 to begin with, but the energetics of it is not logical. It's just something we subconsciously get hooked on because of our conditioning and programming from childhood. And being able to unhook from that allows you to expand your wealth energetics, which then with the help of mindset and aligned action, you actually create what you want. This really sounds also like it could be techniques that are useful across any industry. Oh, yeah. And you're, what you're discussing there is really what feels right for you if you're a consultant or you're a business founder, what feels right for you to pitch your rates, especially if you're entering a market, a new market, and you're really just not sure um, how it's going to fly. Yeah. And a lot of it, I mean, it gets a little more complicated than just what it feels like, because you have to know where is your feeling point. It's called the assemblage point. Like for some people, it's in the heart. So then, yeah, what does it feel like in the heart? But for some people, that's like the worst possible place because they'll give away everything for free. <laughs> that's not their assemblage point for money. So for them, it's somewhere else. Like mine is in my hips. So I have to actually leave my heart because I always want to like serve and give and give and give. But I have to drop out of that into my hips, which is the pleasure center. And then, okay, what do I love? What 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 pleasure do I get from this? And then from that, I can speak. So the feel point, how you say like what feels right, that's also different place for people where that point is from which you're feeling. Mm. Eugenia, I'm curious what you would consider to be um, the secret to success in business. 
experimentation and follow through. If somebody thinks that they're going to get it from the first try, they might as well not even bother being an entrepreneur. Go get a job. Because being an entrepreneur is freaking hard. It's very confronting because you're constantly faced with your own issues. And it's also a great way to evolve. But the only way to do that is to experiment and then follow through to see the next step and then experiment and follow through. And as long as you have that, that's actually resiliency. As long as you do that, you're going to naturally end up successful because the last one standing is the one that's actually going to get paid. That's <laughs> so true. I like that. What would you say is your proudest moment in business or what's your greatest achievement? What are you, what are you most proud of that you've done so far? I've done many things, but what am I most proud of? Personally, probably ability to speak publicly because I used to throw up when I would go on stage. I used to have my throat closed and not able to speak. I used to blank out and just like leave my body <laughs> and look at myself down there on the stage somewhere. I've pushed through that to because I knew that my way to serve is my voice and my personality. Like I have to be seen. And once I get past that initial fear, it's fine. And one-on-one, -on -one, I could do it. One-on-two, I could do it. One-on-five, I could do it. One-on-six, so I kept pushing it. And then when it got to like one to 70, one to 100, that's where my body was like, okay, we cannot do that. So then I had to work with that in order to be able to continue expansion of my business in a way that my body can actually handle. And a lot of it is kind of like training your body that's not going to die when it thinks it's going to. <laughs> and uh, by the way, advice to anybody who has public visibility fears or whatever, fail publicly. The more you do that, the least you fear. Because, hey, if you messed up, if you didn't say something right, if you said something not the way you want it, if your hair was completely backwards or something, it's just... After a while, you kind of realize none of this matters. <laughs> and that's where the body gets finally that like, okay, it's fine. So now you can like wake me up in the middle of the night and I'll just be talking. It's no problem. But years ago, like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that was a, definitely a thing. So that's, I would say I'm most proud of that because that was personally extremely difficult. Yeah. And that's a lot of people's greatest fear is having to do that level of public speaking. What's the biggest crowd you've spoken to? Just curious. Well, I've been on events where there's hundreds of thousands, so not live, like on stage, but on a, on a video, but they are there live. So yeah, a lot of the people who are sensitive energetically and emotionally, I think we feel it. <laughs> we can feel the audience. And for some people, they get, they kind of feed off the audience. They like the audience, but for some people, it creates the back, uh, feedback loop. It hurts. It, it starts to the fear about like being persecuted or like, you know, a witch that got burned at the stake by the mob attacking her, like whatever. We all have our stories. So when these things come up, it's not like you're thinking it. It's the body that's experiencing it, even if you're not thinking it. So that's why I think that most people give up if they bump into walls like that internally, but it's actually just energetics because we are the grown-ups and the body is like a kid. So you can parent the kid instead of acquiesce to a kid and then just not do what the adult wanted. Yeah. Well, it's it's our body's main role to keep us safe. Right. right. That's it. Its job is to keep us safe. Our brain tries to keep us safe all the time. So it right. looks for mitigating risks and something that involves that amount of stress response <laughs> It's going to feel risky. So the brain's going to say, no, no, we don't need to do that. How do we get out of this? Stop, stop, stop. So 
working through that and stretching that comfort zone. Because me and Vicky had a great conversation the other day about comfort zones. And you, know, you talk about going outside your comfort zone and pushing past your comfort zone. Well, we said, well, hang on, do we really come back into our comfort zone afterwards? Or does that comfort zone just Expand. get bigger? Yeah, I would say entrepreneurship is always living outside of your comfort zone because otherwise get a job, that's a comfort zone. So being an entrepreneur, that's actually expanding, not just somebody who has like two clients and that's it, but to grow a business and to scale a business and to publicly speak and change audience, create impact and all of that, you're constantly outside of your comfort zone. And yes, I would agree, Laura, that it expands because what maybe was super difficult if you look like a year ago or two years ago, now it's not even a thing. And that means now that's part of your comfort zone when before it was not. And every year, especially if you're consistently out there and consistently doing things, it you can track back how much you have expanded. My world was being neurodivergent. I couldn't convert what was inside of my head or my experience to people. So let's say if I was looking at somebody who had specific issue in the relationship when I was back then 14, my answer could be like, your liver is green and there must be um, something moving down this way, but instead you're closing a lot in your chest and this is why the energy gets pushed forward and you get stressed. Now, that sounds almost like gibberish, although I totally know what I was talking about. So then I had to learn to translate it into, okay, you're envious about that person at work. This is why your liver is getting stressed. So you're getting toxicity, which is why you're having a skin rash. And actually it's closing your chest, which is then creates an issue with your son. Same thing. But I had to learn to speak it. And that translation mechanism is actually part of, I think, what we all have to do is just I was forced to do it because otherwise I wouldn't communicate at all. <laughs> so that kind of creates it as a, my natural expertise just because I've been doing it my whole life. Yeah, it's fascinating, Eugenia. You've written three books. You've actually written fourth. You tipped us off and that one hasn't yet been published. Can we talk a bit about your books? Yeah, uh, my books are about consciousness because that's where I started. So my first book was Mission Alpha. Mission Alpha is wise and passionate you. It's essentially about you. It's like a totally crazy, super complex manual. So if anybody here in the audience wants to understand who they are, how their energy system works, what are different beliefs, what we inherit from parents and how to deal with it in a very practical way. Like I taught that for 10 years. So this is essentially manual from the school. Get that book that explains everything. So the next one was Awakening the Harmony Within. So this is more like the bigger thing is like, now that you understand yourself, how do you harmonize with the universe so you can co-create with spirit? And uh, my third book is a history metaphysical novel. It's based on my past life in Egypt. So it talks about the time of Akhenaten and Nefertiti. It talks about literally like historical events, but with the consciousness twist. So you sort of like travel in the past and it's an adventure novel. It's really cool. It's a story that has a teaching in there, but it's made in the form of a page turner. So that's my three books, uh, bestsellers and the the fourth one that I wrote in six weeks, somehow magically, just downloaded, was Wealth by Soul Design. So this is the book that is not officially out yet, but I'm in the process of it coming out. That one is about how to leverage your unique badass inner magic to be able to attract to you the multi-six and seven figures, which is kind of what you and I are talking here about. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, excited for you. Congratulations. That's, that's huge. And to be able to write it in six weeks is very impressive. Being an author, what has it done for you in business and personal? Like how, how has it changed things for you? It's kind of funny because when I was in school, teenager back, back then in high school, I was told to never, ever write anything. All my papers were really graded very low. And I literally remember teacher telling me like, don't ever please write anything. You're really bad at it. And then I went and wrote three books. So to me, it was kind of more like, watch me because that's my personality, uh, kind of a badass unicorn. So um, I'm going to show you. And everything I do always has a twist as to and how it will help others. Because I literally, like, I don't start even anything without like, okay, and what can that do for others? Like, if I can do this from somebody who didn't speak English, who neurodivergent, who essentially was told she's bad at writing, and I can write something and it's a national bestseller, Okay, now what can that do for others? And obviously, it's a, not a, just an inspirational story, but it helps a lot of people to understand that if you stand in your soul expertise and you follow your soul design, you can do magic. But if you stand in your mental crap from whatever you inherited, then that becomes such a limitation, a self-imposed ceiling that then nothing is possible. So to me, that's an achievement that I'm proud of it, but it's kind of more like, I knew I could, I just wanted to see what it would look like. And going through the process of it, I realized I love writing. And then I was, well, why did I think I was bad at writing? Because somebody told me I wrote my entire life. I had journals since I was 12 or something that I kept journal every day. And I was like, I'm a good writer. So I started to own that part more. And the more I owned, the more it became, um, words have a taste to me, like they they tasty, they align in a certain way. I'm very precise in how I do it, but that's also what makes me a good marketer. And that's how I can teach people how to do that because instead of giving them a template, I go on the inside of their world. And then from inside, let's figure out how you need to speak to your unique audience, how we can put those words together so that your audience understands that and so on. So that's what writing books did did for me. It's the confidence of knowing that I'm actually good at being able to put words together when before I didn't think I was or was told I wasn't. There is a lot of confidence here and I'm curious as to how you manage when somebody might second guess you or how do you handle criticism? Because I think some people hold themselves back from really stepping into and owning themselves because they're concerned about that feedback um, and therefore they lose confidence. Can you talk a bit about well, where confidence comes from? Yeah, the interesting line there, you made the connection between external opinion and them having or not having confidence. That's right. There is already not confidence. It's nothing to do with confidence. It has to do with approval. So I never cared about what people think about me since I was very little, probably because I'm neither divergent. So I didn't fit in any way. Why bother? But I was bullied and all, all that stuff. So I went through fire to come out the other end. So because of it, I didn't care what people think. But Anytime we care about what people think is because we want to be included, because we are very much terrified to be pushed out of the tribe. So to me, that's always would be the question, like, are you meant to be the member or are you meant to be a leader? Because if you're meant to be a leader, you're not actually supposed to be part of the tribe. So then the whole fear about, but what if they don't accept me? Well, 
you either follow their rules that you don't like, or you follow your own and actually change their rules and upgrade them. Wouldn't that be better? So there's a whole other thing there with the approval and opinion of others. True confidence has absolutely nothing to do with that. It has to do with being fully in your soul design and in your soul expertise. When you're in that, you're naturally confident because there's only one of you. <laughs> it's like, like nobody can say anything. So as far as like, how do I handle negative feedback or something? I don't have it. I don't attract it. And none of my clients attract that either because if you're being yourself, it's kind of like somebody can like you like they like your energy, they gravitate towards you, or they don't like you. It's very clear. <laughs> there is no in between. There's no, I kind of like this person. It's like, if you're not gray, if you're multicolored and bright, then you're going to have people that magnetize to you as if you're just this magic that they were craving. Or they're going to be like, oh God, I don't want to be anywhere around that. Great. You don't want them. So as long as you're clear on that and really own who you are, it's not necessarily going to be any kind of a negative opinion it's just going to be natural mm, deflection of people that do not align that's different than receiving feedback in a more like linear sense on something that you're doing like how did this project goes whatever so that's material logistics that obviously i mean we all have to be able to receive that otherwise how do you function in the world but you were talking more about like the bigger concept and then the bigger things i think confidence has nothing to do with approval and when you don't need that external validation, that's a powerful, powerful place to be in. And I really like what you were saying there too about the deflection and how just being your authentic self, you'll naturally attract and align the right people to you and deflect those that aren't. And that's exactly. okay. I think that's okay. And I think people need to know like, that's okay. It's okay to not attract the people you don't want because we, if you live in a scarcity mindset, then you're always worried about, oh, is the next one going to come if I turn this person away? Or if I'm not for everybody, then so people get it caught up in that kind of fear, especially when starting out a business and maybe there aren't clients yet, or there's just a few, but there's so much power in what you're saying about just when you are completely authentic, real yourself, aligning the right people to you, letting the rest go success comes from that. I really do believe success comes from that. So yeah. And I actually that. like teach my clients that the point of marketing is to attract to you the right people. So you don't have to go after them and chase them so that they come to you. But another point of marketing that's well done is to repel the wrong people. And if you're not repelling the wrong people, like if you're getting to you people, the clients from hell, but you're still taking them because you want to get paid, that's a clue. Your marketing is not good. So there's something needs to be adjusted when you actually become a little more opinionated, when you actually stand for whatever you believe in, when you fully show up with the frequency that you are and not worry about what people will think, because that would make you right frequency for the right people and automatically push away all the people you don't want anyway. And that's also the way how we can charge more money. Because I think a lot of times people think that like, oh, if I start charging like 5,000 or 10,000, like I, I can't even, what if I get somebody that doesn't like me or something? And it's to be able to charge more money, we actually have to first get into the confidence part and stop worrying about what other people think. Because the amount of money that you can receive is directly proportionate to how much you worry about other people's opinion. That's worth repeating. That is worth repeating. <laughs> How much you get paid is directly related to how much you care about other people's opinion. Gold. 
Yeah, I think a lot of times people get scared about high ticket and they're kind of like, well, I don't know, I'm not a high ticket coach. And I always look at it like, what is it that you do? And they start telling me this thing and it's like a unique thing, right? They, they kind of like invented, well, I talk to people about this, but then I help them from this level and I've studied like this five different techniques, but I don't do them directly. I'd like arrange them into this other thing that's, well, okay. And then what happens between your appointments? Well, and then I think about them and then sometimes I like download this idea and then I want to like write them an email and tell them about this other thought. And it's like, okay, what did you get paid for? Only that one hour of actual working with them. What about all the rest of working with them? And that's when people start to realize like, oh, I actually should be charging higher price because I'm already doing high ticket work. Like the people I work with, they're not somebody who's doing lower level work and trying to figure out how to get paid more. I don't do low ticket stuff. Uh, I mostly work with people who are charging at least 5000 and 25000 and 100000 and more for their offers, but it's done on the uniqueness of who they are. So if you look at what is it you're doing, even if you're just starting, even if you don't think you're a high ticket coach, and you start kind of looking from the standpoint of uh, what is it that the value I deliver? And then look at it long-term, like, okay, I help this person, let's say if it's a relationship coach, they supposedly like help somebody figure out uh, something about attracting the, the person that they want. Okay, well, what are you actually doing? You're saving her or him years of therapy, wrong relationships, maybe even divorce in the future and so on. And once you understand the value of everything and the depths of what you're bringing, it's not any more scary to say that, oh, well, it should be at least 5,000. Okay, now play with that little exercise of in the future, if 5,000 is totally normal, own that, and then play pretend that over yourself, like an overlay, like an outfit. What's the discrepancy? And there's usually a couple of things that would pop up. Maybe, oh, I'm not prepared. I don't know where I'm going to guide them. Okay, well, then you need to come up with your own methodology. Again, not complicated, but now you know what the issue is instead of doing all the things. This is part of why so many people burn out and never get to six figures even, because they're trying to do all the things and the things scrolling through their Facebook feed with the little $27 course on this and on that and on that. And then they think they need to be an Instagram star with perfect pictures. And then they need to have this amazing website and a 20-step funnel. And then on top of it, to have a low-ticket course and then all these freebies every week. And you don't need any of it. You just need you, you need confidence, and you need understanding of what is the expertise? What are you doing? Who is this for? What is your methodology? How to package that and then go talk about it. And I've had clients who sold $20,000 programs without even having a website. Just talking, didn't even have a PDF. I myself, when I started, I didn't have any kind of a presence in the form of like materials. <laughs> it was just me. Because people for higher pricing purchase you, your expertise, your energy, not your time. And definitely not the material, how many videos you have or PDFs or whatever that you're going to give out. So understanding that, I think, is a big shift for a lot of people who kind of want to get to the next level, but wonder how to do it and thinking they need 200 things and it is going to take two years or five years or 10 years. It doesn't have to be. It can take four months. If you figure out those things I'm talking about, and that's literally what I have, like clients that work with me within two, three months, they starting to charge higher prices. They starting to attract different clients. They get the confidence and they're like, oh, <laughs> what was I doing before for 10 years? This is such an important conversation for entrepreneurs to tune into because pricing is a 
a sticking point for so many people for all the reasons you've mentioned throughout this whole conversation. And it's so good to hear this perspective <laughs> and especially the bit where you just said a minute ago about getting paid for that hour. You're only paid for that hour. You sit with a client. Us entrepreneurs are never paid for the full amount of time that we think, discuss, talk, plan, prepare, write that email, like all the other pieces that come with working with clients all those bits, you never get paid for all that time. And my favorite thing about entrepreneurship or the saying about entrepreneurship is you quit a nine to five to do a 24 seven, because that's literally like how it is. And you don't get paid for those hours, but it, it is about how you wrap up the value into, into such a great way. And I really appreciate it. I want to listen back to this conversation myself because I want to get more again and hear you again with what you said. So I hope others do as well and listen in. One last question for you, because we always ask our guests um, this important question. What does resilience mean to you? How would you define it? I would define it as sustainable momentum. Ooh. And people often think of momentum, like, I don't know about you, but I get clients quite often ask like, okay, Eugenie, how do I get momentum? How do I build this momentum? And as if it's some magical animal in some magical forest that you have to like locate. Momentum is built on the follow through that is aligned. And the aligned part is what makes it sustainable. So to me, you can't be really resilient or tenacious if you're not running what you're doing sustainably. Like running for a sprint, it's okay. I mean, we all entrepreneurs do it. Sometimes there's just stuff happening and you have to work like crazy for 24 hours, but you can't run your business like that. So understanding what is your natural way, that's the soul design part. Like for some people, it's to space, like create a lot of spaciousness in their business. For other people, it's to go really fast and then switch to a different activity. Um, like I'm a batcher. I like to do the same activity really intensely for a short period of time and then be done. Then I switch to another activity. Um, some people inspiration based. So they have to, when inspiration strikes, that's when they have to go do a video or promote something or whatever. That's naturally where their energy is the strongest. Well, if you're that type, then you better arrange your whole life that when it strikes, that's it. Kids are out. The husband can't call. Like you got to go and do the thing because that's your soul design. So understanding that and trusting that that's what then creates resilience in the business. Oh, I love that. Thank you. So if somebody wanted to work with you, Eugenia, how can they how can they get in touch? How can they work with you? Well, right now, as a way to kind of introduce your audience to what I do, they can watch a free training that I have, soulstrategywebinar.com. So they can go there and uh, look through all the sort of explanation of a lot of things that I was talking about here. And of course, my name, eugeniaoganova.com and transcensiongate.com. Those are the websites where you can find out much more about me. And I have programs for different levels of business. Um, I have program for people who are just starting and trying to figure out how to get their coaching or mentoring or healing, something like that, like a personal development business off the ground in a way that bypasses 200 things they think they need to do so that they just focus on the right things and correct marketing. Um, I also have a program, which is my flagship program, which is where I work with people who are at the level of close to six figures. They tittering at that line, sometimes for years, 
um, maybe burn out already a couple of times and just don't know enough like how to get to the next level. Business seems scary. They try one tactic or another tactic and it feels very masculine, very rigid. And what I do is bringing that kind of a feminine side, the, the feeling side, the sensing side into very solid business strategies. But then we pick like two or three that work for you instead of 200. So that's another kind of way of working with me. It's to be in a container where you actually get to um, quantum leap yourself because you shortcut the timeline. Like in four months, you literally where you envision yourself to be. Then it's just rinse and repeat and build your business, obviously. I mean, we all know that it's ongoing process, but the tools and like, how do I do it? It doesn't have to be that complicated. So that's that's another way that uh, people can work with me. So check it out, eugeniaoganova.com or transcensiongate.com and um, soulstrategywebinar.com is the free training. Oh, thank you so much. That's amazing. I'm sure people will want to learn more uh, as they build and grow. And we have a lot of coaches that we work with and know and, and really hope that this will help them all progress forward. Thank you so much. This has been an amazing conversation. I feel like, so much information, so much to download, so much to, to dig back into again. Really, really, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us today. And um, yeah, good luck on the launch of your next book. We're excited for you for that. We will look out for it. And we'll certainly share information in the show notes so everybody can find you and um, take advantage of your offer. So thank you so much, Eugenia. We really appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much, Laura and Vicky. It was really good talking with you today.